You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Under the Dome After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Under the Dome After Show. Hey, everybody. Bing is for doing, and we are here doing another Under the Dome after show. It is Season 1, Episode 10, Let the Games Begin. I am Matt Lieberman, and joining me on the panel, as ever, is the wonderful, fantastic Miss Jackie Borowski. Hello. And we have a very special guest uh, on the show this evening. Uh, executive producer, showrunner of Under the Dome, Neil Bear is here. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us, Neil. It's so awesome oh, to have you. It's great to be here. Great. Well, we have so much to talk about, and we're going to talk about the show at large a little later on. But first, we're going to get into this episode. And what an episode it was. We only have three episodes left in the season, and you can definitely see it was it was a, a deft way of moving us toward this sort of end game for the season. We still don't know what it because is. Because now we know that there's a season two. Yes, so I feel like this is a discovery episode where we know a lot of things are changing. Yeah, we learn more about the history of the town and, and the fact that being riddled with secrets is not something that only belongs in the present, that it has always been kind of a negative place, or at least for some people. Uh, we got some violence. We got some major mini-dome developments. We got a chrysalis. We got some great jokes at Joe's expense, which are always great. And even Junior got in on the fun. So did Linda. But we're going to jump in. We're going to talk about Dale Barbara. What a man, what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. And what a great fighter. Uh, after last episode, when Max showed up uh, unexpectedly, uh, he's he's grappling with the fact that his secrets are about to be exposed uh, and is forced to fight in this kind of Thunderdome-esque uh, underground fight club. Thunderdome under the dome. Thunderdome under the dome. I spent hours yesterday trying to figure out like the best way to say that but that that's the best oh, way. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It took me 2 minutes. Well, that's that's <laughs> why you get paid the big bucks. So, Neil, when when breaking this episode and and sort of the last one too, the inclusion of of Max bring her into the story, what what was your kind of like chief impetus in like bringing this character this character into the story to kind of complicate things? We wanted to reveal the mysteries that we had set up at the beginning of the series about the propane, Duke, Coggins, and Peter Shumway's death. And we thought a good way to do that would be to tie Big Jim and Barbie together through a mystery person. So in the first episode of the season, Barbie is on the phone talking to, on his cell phone, talking to someone, yeah. saying he accomplished his mission. Well, that was Maxine. And so Big Jim was also dealing with Maxine. So it was our way of pulling the two of them into the same diabolical kind of uh, vortex led by Maxine. And, you know, they both now have to become partners in a way against 
even a bigger evil than, you know, possibly Big Jim. So it was a way to get our characters together and to answer a lot of mystery because we have a lot of mysteries unfolding, obviously, in this episode when the egg releases all the pink stars. Yes. Um, we, we, I have to say, can I jump in, though? I love jump. that she's a woman. I Because when he's on the phone, you're obviously picturing some sort of, like, mob boss type dude. And... Um, and I really like that kind of turnaround where it's like, okay, the woman is a big, bad, powerful female, and she's a femme fatale. And I, I really liked that surprise. And I wonder where she got all those clothes. Right? Yeah, <laughs> we were wondering that in the last episode. We're like, she has been traveling with her extensively magnificent wardrobe. That's yeah. right. Or, or, or we we thought maybe she just took them from whoever's closet she was. I know, guess, but she does that. It's like, how she does she do keep that. them so crisp when she's taking a boat to and from the <laughs> island? Um, well, she uh, she is really adept at uh, managing everything. Yeah, and at sneaking around even better than Junior because no one knew that she was there. Well, she just hung out and she had her, her bodyguard, Otto, kind of like, uh, we'll see Otto in the next episode too, kind okay. of uh, checking things out for her. Cool. Yeah. Um, and I like that they brought her mom in, but did you want to, you don't want to. Oh, yeah. Well, Mayor, Mayor Whittingham, Mayor. You've, you've worked with before, and yeah, she many did times. a great job yeah. this week. Yeah, she she was a, a real trooper to go into the to the lake. <laughs> 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 That's based on, you know, I love to pull um, scenes that are inspired uh, by films I love, and so there's an old film you may or may not have seen called A Place in the Sun with Montgomery Clift and Elizabeth Taylor. And there's a very famous scene with Montgomery Clift and Shelley Winters, and he got her pregnant, and but he's in love with Elizabeth Taylor, so they go out on a picnic, and they're in the boat, and Shelley Winters is yelling at him, and she's so, you know, she's such a pain. And she falls out of the boat, and he's about to save her. Oh, my gosh. And he looks, and he doesn't. But So he doesn't really kill her, but by omission, he doesn't save her either. And I just always love that scene, and so it's... A Place in the Sun, George Stevens directed it on Under the Dome. And it was such a, a beautiful use of, you know, Big Jim sets it up himself, you know, the world just kind of will give me the answer. And yeah, I yeah, love when and he's about, and he reaches. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah, it's like, there's my answer right, <laughs> right there. Right. Now, that scene with, with Mayor, I, I know we're getting off topic because we're going to get to Jim in a minute, but while we're here, um, it was just so very charged, you know, because she knew him, but at the same time, she kind of alluded to the fact that Jim might be Maxine's father? Yeah, a lot of people thought that, but that's really probably not the case. Um, yeah. Because he really didn't recognize her, and I think Big Jim was, you know, really status conscious. Sure. And so I don't think that he would have paid. That's why I didn't even really recognize her. So, yeah, you know, you never know what other secrets will, you know, percolate up. But um, I think... Uh, Maxine was like with some other guy and and had a had a tough life, but it's it's interesting because she was the insurance policy, and, yeah, and not anymore. So we'll have to see what happens in episode eleven when the insurance policy is gone. Plus, Big Jim, you know, he got Maxine to say what the dirt is on Barbie because he yes, did not know. I was yeah. just going to say that. Yeah, I noticed that because he uh, he didn't know what the connection was till this point. Exactly. Now he does. Now he does. And nobody else is going to know that he knows that. And she's dead. Yeah. And he's loose. I was so <laughs> mad at Linda. You don't let him have a knight, no matter how much respect you have for him. He's dangerous. I was worried that Linda was going to be killed. He just let another person die, and she's there at night. I mean, Linda... 
Linda almost to a fault believes in the people in the town. Right. Yeah. And so she goes out there at night and is just hanging out on his porch and I'm like, he pulled the gun away and then almost shot uh, Maxine's mom in the face and then he's coming back here and he could do the same thing to Linda. She's very much the town's moral center. She believes in people and you're right, it's to, to a fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm... I'm I was so afraid that she was going to die. And I, you know and we don't. But I hope she makes it to season two. <laughs> I hope she does. We do like Linda. Because yeah. even though she is a crack shot, as we saw when, when they were uh, facing down the Dundee boys right. um, earlier in the season. But she's not... She's not suspicious enough. No. She's not. She's a good she has a good heart. She has a good heart. And but that doesn't belong in the police force. So many people walk in and out of that police station <laughs> all day long and they could they could have taken all the all the weapons. They could have taken all the do- there's no Well, you're right to be worried because as as you saw with you know Reverend Coggins and Alice. Yeah. You know, um no one is safe under the dome. So I can tell you that definitely in the last three episodes, no one is safe. Uh, you can't even tell us one person who might be safe. And I was still hoping that Alice was going to come back as a zombie and be zombie Alice. Oh, yeah. Jackie had, I was holding like, out. I was holding out for that last... Well, you never know. Ooh, Ooh. yes. Yeah, well, because like, the, the, the dome egg started activating the moment that Alice died. And we're going to get into all those questions later. Right. Let's get back. Okay. Let's get back to Dale, who finally... Finally, when he has no other option, tells Julia, or uh, tries to tell Julia that he murdered her husband. She had already figured it out because of the life insurance policy in the safety deposit box. And I've just been crying for him to do the right thing. And thank you for finally getting him to do it. Uh, But the thing that kind of shocked me is Julia is still entertaining the idea of keeping this man in her life. Like it, she loves him that much. She loves him. It has been nine, now ten days. That's that's crazy. Angie's still hanging out with Junior, and Junior locked her in a basement. I mean, it's like love. I think there are so many, especially in sci-fi, love yeah. makes you do weird things. I, I think that's just true in life. Yeah. Well, Angie was sick. You know, Junior kept saying, "You're sick. You're sick. I have to protect you." Right. And he did it in a very. Uh, Intense way, certainly, and probably unforgivable in many ways. But he was right. Angie had a seizure, and and we didn't believe him. But how did he? How did he know? He had that feeling because he was in love with her, and he he didn't know that he was, you know, the fourth hand until the end of the episode. But he, his mother had painted the picture that predicted the pink stars falling on him. Yeah, and so his connection with Angie, I think, is. Very powerful, and that's. I think they were drawn to each other because she's special in some way too. And then she and her brother are special, and then and then this girl who came into the town unexpectedly is special. Yeah, uh, and when we get more into the kids later, I have tons of <laughs> so right. many because right. the majority of of our podcasts involve just intense, insane speculation. Yes. Uh, which might not be that insane, because there are so many questions on this show, and uh, one thing that I really have to compliment is how is the amount of information doled out at what time? Because you, every time that you answer a question, you answer it with more questions, and it just makes it all the more fun for those of us at home good. watching. Well, that's good. Yeah, because you know, even when we found a dome egg, we still didn't know the purpose of it. We knew that it was tied to the dome somehow. We knew that 
it, that the dome could communicate, but that still doesn't tell us where the dome comes from or right. what its purpose is. But we, and now there's a caterpillar that's just made a chrysalis yeah. in the dome, and we don't know what that's about, but we do know a couple of things. Like, we know from the very beginning that Angie has a tattoo of a butterfly on her shoulder, and we know that Joe said the monarch will be crowned to Julia, and we saw monarch butterflies... Uh, encasing the outside of the dome in episode 5. They were drawn to it magnetically for whatever reason the dome changed the magnetic field just to make the monarchs come. And now we have a, a caterpillar that will turn into a monarch and what does that mean? Yeah. And how will that connect to the monarch will be crowned? Yeah. And we will find out. Well, Joe kind of debunked Angie's tattoo uh, last episode. He said the co- the colors are all wrong. Does that is Is that like a double fake out? I don't know. I, I know next. I know Neil. in the next episode, episode eleven, okay, with the storm coming. Yeah, uh, the, showed the preview, and it's like a big. It's a storm bigger than than you can imagine. Um, we'll get into who the who the monarch is even more. Okay, great. Uh, let's move on to uh, to Julia and Linda. Linda finally, like throughout the season so far, she kind of. She's been doing her job. She's been very, very diligent. She's been trying to take over as sheriff of this town. And finally, she has an emotional tie to the story. She finds that that Duke may have been involved with this uh, with this propane cover-up. And uh, it's really great to see her put her investigative skills to use. And also, when when she opens that safe deposit box and she finds the badge... Oh, I know. It's so That's sweet. That's very sweet. They're, the relationship between Duke and Linda is like one of the reasons why it was so heartbreaking when Duke when Duke's heart effing exploded. exploded. <laughs> yes. It blew out of his chest, yeah. Yeah. It did. That's how say you know, that's why, you know, you could have figured out what was gonna happen to Coggins because he had that cochlear implant. Mm-hmm. It's like if he got close to the dome Yeah, it was so all we love that. That's why we gave him that implant because I wanted to kill him in that way so it's like how could I kill him hmm, I know how and that was so cool when Big Jim pushed his head against it and the blood kind of oh it was out. so was brutal so, yeah it was so brutal so thank you for that sure, sure. <laughs> thank you for well, that there's more brut- more brutality uh, on the way yeah you just you after after years of you know cops and doctors you're just like I'm just gonna let my freak flag right, fly really? and I'm gonna kill people exactly in brutal fashion exactly well, I think there were people that died on ER yeah, many. Sure. <laughs> and on SVU, too. Sure. Yes, Very too. graphically horrendous ways. Yeah. But there's also... They weren't cut in half like a cow, quite. No, but there was an episode where a guy cut women's feet off. Oh, gosh. But, I did yeah. not see that one. Yeah. So um, but, so maybe um, we should have seen this coming. Yeah, so it could have. But but there's also goodness and warmth and and people, you know, falling in love, too. you got to have both. Absolutely. It's like a microcosm. And there's a great homage to Spielberg in episode 12, too, with with um, Nori and Joe and a wagon. So it's very much Elliot E.T. as shown. We were like I watching was just going to ask. And, yes. like, and I was like, wow. I said, I hope Steven likes this because we put this in. All of the, all, awesome. like, this episode in particular felt very 80s Amblin to me with uh, with the four young people banding together to try to figure out this supernatural yes. thing. And they're the only ones who seem to care about what's going on with the dome. Everybody else is dealing with other With their other personal problems, stuff yeah. and crimes and secrets <laughs> and sex. They'll but all get involved with the four sooner, soon enough. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good to hear. You know, it's like Big Jim doesn't know anything about it. Linda doesn't know anything about it. Barbie kind of knows. Julia knows. Yeah. So, 
there's some stuff that we have three episodes left. There's plenty, plenty of things to and happen. And Dodie knew about it. Dodie knew, but she it kind of like was blocked. You know, when now she zapped when she, out of her brain when she was zapped. But other things will happen with yeah. with Dodie too. Well, it, it's it appears that the dome just didn't want her to know. That's right. Yeah. That's right. The dome chooses very, very carefully. Correct. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to take a quick second and uh, talk very briefly about a movie that uh, the founders of AfterBuzz TV, uh, Maria Menounos and Kevin Odegaro, made called The Adventures of Serial Buddies. It is available right now on SerialBuddies.com as well as on iTunes and Video On Demand. It is $4.99 to rent, $5.99 to buy. Uh, many people uh, ask us, they tweeted us, you know, how can we help AfterBuzz TV? I love the after shows. I watch so many of them. Uh, well, if you rent or buy this movie, all the proceeds come back into our studios, help us finish building our third studio so we can keep giving you great free programming about the shows that you love. Uh, so please help us, and you get to see a great movie packed with celebrity cameos, including Maria herself, Beth Bears from Two Broke Girls, Christopher Lloyd, Henry Winkler, Christopher McDonald, Artie Lang is in it, uh, Kathy Lee Gifford. It's super, super funny. It's a dark and twisted comedy about serial killer buddies. And uh, you get a great movie, and you get to help us keep giving you the shows that you love and get great guests like Neil. <laughs> so, let's talk. So, uh, Linda, yeah. um, we were talking about the scene where she opens the case. Yes. And she, she, you can tell that she has good police training because... You know, Julia's digging around, and she's like, okay, I gotta get a key to open this. And Linda's just like, okay. She just picks up the tank, breaks it down. Yeah. Good training, but also knows when you don't need to be, you know, you don't need to be careful. Right. I mean, there's no one there. I love when they're going through the bank, and there's the drawers are open, there's money Money everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. When you can have a And money doesn't mean anything anymore. Salt is more uh, valuable than money, as Mm -hmm. we saw. Yeah. That guy when he when he was running like hell and all he had was like one big thing of Morton's and, <laughs> and just thousands of dollars are just laying around. I'm wondering at this point, after ten days of being under the dome, it's not really a ton of time in the in the grand scheme of things. But I imagine if you're in that situation, it's got to feel like forever. Hence, why everyone's so you know starved for entertainment. It's like Hunger Games or Lord of the Flies, where it's like things start to deteriorate very quickly. Right, yeah. right. But no one seems to be planning for the future past dome, except for Big Jim Rennie. Except for Big Jim Rennie and right. Maxine. Yeah, and Maxine. <laughs> you know, and they've probably run out of you know booze and you know things you know like that. You know, probably early on. So it's you know great to corner the market for Maxine and try to, you know, have this entertainment like, uh, you know, Roman gladiators yeah. with Barbie. So, uh, and I just love that she didn't bet on Barbie. She's just yes. so dark and she, dirty. And she knew exactly she what, knew he, was what he was going to do. do. That's how smart and she And I love is. how she's like, you know, cheering him on, but you could see she's kind of like, she has this look on her face like... Cagey. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see if he really does it. And then when he's losing, she doesn't even break, you know sweat she's like mm-hmm. and then she says i knew it you know i love that yeah no but the one thing with maxine is that she loves barbie and when he when she kissed him and then he kind of made this grimace and turned away and she looked you know upset like there is this core of care in her for him mm-hmm. don't mess with maxine on those issues bad 
bad stuff happens next episode. She's possessive. But what what's the genesis of their relationship? How did they meet? Or is that going to be established later? Well, she said they met. I think she says that they met. They met at a bar. She bought him a drink. They didn't come up for air for two days. Exactly. So, you know, he started working for her. He needed a job. Yeah. And he has, like, a lot of guilt from being in Iraq and stuff. So he just, you know, took on a job where he was, like, an enforcer. Yeah. But now that he's in love with Julia, everything has changed. And we'll see what happens. But there's no stopping Maxine. And she really does some, you know, what's the darkest thing you could imagine that she would do? Kill children. Or, well, you saw in the previews. Yeah. Somebody shot. That's no. true. It was, oh. wasn't it Julia? Yeah. Ooh, oh. It was Julia. Jealousy. Oh, wow. <laughs> is that, is that, is that an After Buzz exclusive? Can that we is. say? Yeah. <laughs> After Buzz TV exclusive. Okay, so extreme jealousy. jealousy. She, she needs to stop mixing business with pleasure, this Maxine. But it, she, I mean, she's already established that she gets what she wants. That's and if true. she doesn't get what she wants, there's going to be consequences. It is brutal next week, what yeah. she does. I, I, you know, like I said, nobody's safe. I can't believe that we only have three episodes left, because it seems like things are only going to get crazier from here. If we're, if we're getting, if Julia gets shot in episode 11. If. If. A death. Julia's getting shot. When. No. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, if that, then, things can only get crazier from there. Uh, damn it, Neil! You've, you've, you've <laughs> no, you've crafted a very addictive, very entertaining Great. show, uh, and cool. I can't wait to see the rest of it and Thanks. how how it turns out. I want so Julia is the Julia is like, you know, the the foil to Maxine because she's such a good hearted person. So she finds what is in this insurance policy in her husband's safe? Yeah, in her husband's safety deposit box. She has a key as well as uh, Linda, who I, I love that little scene where she finds it in the hat. She's like, there's there's no leads. There's nothing. He only lo- he drained every bottle he found. You know, he fly fished, but his tackle box was in the house. Hat? <laughs> and I was just like, is there going to be a folded up wad of paper in that hat? But no, there was a key. Uh, yeah, that life insurance policy, which I guess he had bought very recently before his death. Right. And they're void if you commit suicide, which is why he had to have Barbie kill him. Because he just was in too deep. And he knew that it was the only way he could save his wife. Yeah. Which, again, answering questions. Uh, we'd wondered... It was clever that she put that together, because I feel that she's been having... She's such a smart woman, and she's been having a hard time putting facts together and this time I was really rooting for her. I was like, you do that except for this sucks. It's a fact that sucks. She's so good in that scene. She opens the box and shows him that the gun is missing. He, She already knows. I love that she beats him to the punch. Yeah. Yeah, she beats him to the punch and she doesn't quite drag him in it. She doesn't drag him in the mud. She's... It's so interesting to me. She's not angry. She's disappointed. It's kind of... Yeah. She is. She's just disappointed. Yeah. Is there a future for them? We shall see. We shall see. If she survives the Maxine slaying. Oh, my God. Anyway, I think it's time to move on to, to Big Jim. Um, so we saw him early in the episode. I love that you've you've paired uh, Jim and Barbie together because they can't trust each other. They, we know how deep Big Jim is in, in his criminal activity, how ruthless he is, and so does Barbie, or at least to an extent. 
He has an idea of it. Anyone who's willing to sacrifice that many men to get control of a water spigot is obviously <laughs> because a bad he cares guy. about the town. He I mean, that's what I town, like. It's guys. like he cares about the town and he loves his son. Yeah, there are two things, and so that drives him. He may go about it in a slightly unusual way, you know. Where, but then he, you know he got rid of Coggins, who was really pretty bad. But, yeah. Well, Coggins was going to expose him because Coggins turned over a new leaf and was going to like, you know, tell everyone. But but Big Jim really does love the town, and he'll do anything to save it. And that's why he went after Ollie in the water because he knew that Ollie would then be in control. But he also has some control issues. Definitely. Yeah. So you really do because I've I've had my doubts, you know, over the course of the season. Does he really care about the town, or is that what he's told himself? No, I think he really cares about the town, but he goes about it in ways that, you know, it's kind of released this, like, kind of craziness in him that when he was just one of many, you know, uh, town council members, he didn't really have a p- power, and now it's gone to his head. Mm-hmm. But I still think, well, at least he tells himself he cares about the town, and he did get the water back for the town, and he, he, uh, well, I almost just started to say something that you don't see until episode 12. Um, but he does, you know, work to organize everybody in making things happen later on in the season. So he, he really did does. organize the, uh, to, he did save the people from the fire too. Yeah. In the beginning. Oh, that's right. With the, with the, with the backhoe. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. He comes in driving with the backhoe. That was one of my favorite moments. Cause I mean, when you're first watching the series, you're kind of like, well, this guy's shady and what's his motivation? But then he comes back and he saves everybody and you're like, okay, he really does in his like, the place demented could have gone up in smoke. Mind, yeah. yeah. But I, I think it's also because if you're, he, he's had this issue where he's like the small guy and that's why he was called Big Jim. And I think the moment he gets, he gets into this position where he's in a position of power and he's like, he's like, oh, I'm finally important. And I think that he is big. Yeah, Jim, yeah. You know. he is big, Jim, and that's what matters to him is being important. And but he got his son to kind of step up too in episode four when his that's son true. was uh, in the hospital. Yeah, and he just he became his own man. And too. that was that was the first time that Junior really emerged as a potential force for good. Uh, he had been so irredeemable, and uh, to see that side of him to make us actually care about him, I think is is a is a great feat. Because he was pretty he was much so a monster creepy. from the get-go. And now, that this is what's interesting. I said this uh, in our last episode, is the actor who plays Junior, he has this great way of portraying everything he's doing as creepy. And then now that you're looking back on it, you're like, that acting was so borderline that now you're like, maybe that's not creepy at all. And... And now you're kind of, like, behind him. You're like, well, look, he was right. There was the painting. And, I mean, he didn't actually hurt her. And his her, mother committed suicide, and he'd been lied to by his father. Yeah. You know, there's an interesting story about Alex Koch, who plays that part, because when he came to uh, audition for us, it was his first audition ever for TV. Wow. He came out of college. He went to school in Chicago, and he was in uh, plays. But uh, our casting people who cast... Breaking Bad, that's how we got Dean, which was great. Mm-hmm. And they cast Sherry and Sharon cast uh, Walking Dead as well. They brought Alex in, and I immediately knew, even before he read, sometimes like I, we had Patricia Mara on SVU, a.k.a. now Rooney Mara. Yeah. And when she came in, you know, we gave her, when well, I think we gave her her first part, 
you could just tell. Or or um, Michael Pitt, who's uh, was on um, Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, and and in the Bertolucci film, he came in for us one of his first roles, and I said, "Oh my gosh, that guy's a a star." So, and Abigail Breslin as a little girl came in, and it was like, "Wow." star yeah. so I, you can kind of tell sometimes when they just walk in and when alex walked in i said gosh he just seems exactly like junior and he'd never auditioned before so he was just like wow i remember we were down in north carolina and he was on the phone talking to his mother like i can't believe it i can't Aww. and it's like it just because it really doesn't happen yeah yeah it really doesn't you know people are like oh you know you can go to hollywood and become a star no um there's hundreds of thousands of actors but he's so talented that you know it just worked, and so it's a, I think it's a great story because he's such a nice guy too, and he's so, he's just so, um, you know, emboldened to just everyone like you know, and just the loveliest person. Like, how did this happen? It's because he's really talented. So you just never know. Yeah, and he's so perfect for that role. He just is Junior. He's so and off-putting, but it come it comes yeah. from a positive yeah. place. Yeah, it just is manifested in this rather perverse. And he's not way. afraid to go to these dark places, which will happen. In some future episodes. So. I'm not surprised. Right. Um, but I laughed so, I laughed so hard when they're in, they're in his mom's shed and they're like, I wonder where Junior is. I'm right here. <laughs> he has so many moments. There are so many moments with him like that that I have screamed because I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, he's there. And he does this great job of like being really quiet until the last minute and just like, Busting in with his line. Yeah. He has this scene in episode. Tw- he has this line in episode twelve that I love, where he says to his father, "He says, you know, Dad, don't lie to me. It could be very bad for both of us." And I just love. <laughs> I just love the way he does it. It's like I'll say, uh, but the two of them they really get into quite a mess coming up. So it's 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 really we have a lot of fun stuff. Completely coming. unrelated, but I totally just had an image of Alexander Koch as Batman, and it made so much <laughs> it sense. It does make sense in my head. He could have replaced Ben Affleck. Yeah. Well, he, I mean. He might later on. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, hear that casting right yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Britt's doing a movie uh, with George Clooney. Oh wow! Nice. Is she in The Monuments Men? She's or? in Tomorrowland. Oh yeah. <gasps> yes. Oh, I'm She's so, the I'm, star. Oh. Yeah. You know, and I worked with Britt. So three of the actors on our show, I worked with on SVU. Um, Britt, who was killed by Jesse McCartney in an episode where she played Debbie Mazur's daughter, um, Aisha who played a transgender principal, mm-hmm. and Samantha Mathis, who played um, who played a woman in the 100th episode who had uh, murdered someone, but uh, for good reason, and Jacqueline Bissett was her mother. So I'd worked oh, wow. with the three of them, and so that's how, in, in a, one of the ways we cast, because people I work with, I you know, and I really like all the actors I work with, so it's like, oh, you know, we should have Aisha play Carolyn, we should have Samantha play Alice, and we should have Britt play... Angie, so it's like it's really fun. And then Rochelle, I worked with last year on a gifted man, so that was like I knew Julia. Get, we had, we got to get Rochelle. Yeah, she's great. She is. Yeah. yeah. Is uh, will we see Carolyn again before the end of the season? We've missed her. And we her really morning. like her. Yeah, <laughs> you'll definitely see Carolyn with Zombie Alice. Yes. Oh, you will see Carolyn go head to head with Big Jim. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh! Oh snap! See, like the oh, way snap. you were saying it, the way you were saying it, you're gonna see. It, it, I'm wondering 
if she's going to have a gun in her hand or what's going to happen. She doesn't need a gun. She is powerful. She is powerful. Yeah. She yeah, d- she has a she has yeah, great stuff coming. She doesn't need a gun, but it's useful. She's definitely <laughs> she's definitely back. She's in mourning right now, but she's back. Cool. It's awesome. That's great. Um so dumb children. Uh, yeah, I want to talk just a little more about uh the sequence out on the island. Um just cuz I I really loved the way the way that it was built between between Dean and Mare and Maybe just a little bit more about Jim's history in the town. We we have so very little of it. You know, we have the uh, the story of how he got his name, Big Jim. Uh, but that's that's really we know he's a used car salesman. Yeah, and we know that he loves the town, but the town isn't necessarily a positive place for people. And he's kind of he's kind of classist. Uh, where do you think? His- and he reads Winston Churchill. Yeah, because in the in the first episode. He's reading that in the diner. Oh, I, we forgot to talk about Rose. We, Ro, yeah. Poor Rose. Poor Rose. We lost Rose, too. So. We loved Rose. We loved that, was, Rose. that was awful. We lost Rose, yeah. That was so awful. Yeah. You that was an awful way to lose Rose, too. It wasn't no, like she died peacefully. No, yeah. and Angie just looking. Oh, it's awful. And for we no were scared that reason. Angie was going to die, too. In that I scene. know. That was awful. Well, because she, she was already dead in the book. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and when we when we're done with the episode stuff, I really want to talk okay. about the development of the sure, show. Sure. Um, so so the island. Yeah. Uh, I guess I just want I just wanted to talk a little bit more about uh, about the scene when they're inside the house. Jim's exploring, and he finally finds out, you know, that uh, that Agatha is Max's mother. And you've got that great, great standoff. She brings him inside, though, first, is what I liked. Yeah. Because she knew that if she had an altercation with him outside, someone might see, or he might get away. Or she didn't have her gun. Right. Yeah. She, had her, she had her gun inside. Yeah. Smart lady. Um, do you think that, you know, Jim could see in her eyes that, well, no matter how much hate she had, she wasn't a killer? Yes. Because he's a good judge of character. He really yeah. is. Yeah. 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 He's a good judge of character, but he also he's he's a murderer. And I guess I want to know did did has he ever murdered anyone pre dome? No. Or is that it's that's just him trying to protect his He's status. never been in this position, right, where he's trying exactly to protect his status. And now he's he's even more desperate now that his his secret is exposed. And it's actually I'm actually kinda of shocked that he didn't kill Linda. Because that seems to be his M.O. at this point. Well, no, he's smart. Why would he kill the person he needs? He needs Linda. Because Linda is a law enforcement person. It, you know, he can't just kill wantonly. He does it He does it for what he thinks are good reasons with Coggins, for instance. And um, now with Maxine, he didn't kill Maxine. He yeah. just didn't put his he hand out He just let her there. die. That's right. So he thinks he can control Linda. That's right. That's yeah. right. And so I think that, and, and Linda's useful. Yeah. So he's very smart about that. And I think the power has gone to his head and he thinks, he sees himself as the savior of yeah. the town. Totally. Um, I just, I think we should move on because we still have so many questions for you. Um, and, and talk about Joe and Nori and Angie and Junior. Uh, so last episode, we find out that uh, Angie is one of the keys to the mini dome, and that there's a fourth hand missing. We speculated; we thought it was probably Junior, and it turned out to be right. I really wanted it to be Junior. He was holding out for Ben. Um. I just, in a perfect world, I think Angie and Ben belong together. Oh, because he was he was helping her out in the diner. Yes, See? he is. He is a sweet guy. Well, you'll see Ben again. He'll, Good. He's back. 
because yeah, I mean, he brought Truman onto the show, that's and right. that's and Truman <laughs> is easily the breakout star. That's right. That's right. You know, and well, we'll see. We'll see Ben again in a really fun way. Okay, so. great. I I do like though that um, you, because you have a lot of heavy stuff going on, you need to break it up with some some comedy, right. and the kids always bring in the comedy. They do. Yeah, and yeah. I I. I love Joe's interjections because he always has some sort of like smart but silly like teenager thing there's some to great, say. It's like he has to there's a great scene in the next episode where he has to drive a car to, you know because there's <laughs> some really crazy stuff and he's saying to Barbie like well you know in driver's ed they said I didn't check the mirrors he's like drive! <laughs> so like, he has all these reasons like I don't know if I should do this because he told me like I didn't check the Try. Yeah. No, he's <laughs> such a quintessential American teenager. Well, he's the Spielbergian character. Yes, yes, he is. Whereas Junior and Big Jim are the are the king characters. And yeah. so mm-hmm. and so you need the wonderment, um, the awe, you know, the the good kid, the good hearted soul, and that's definitely Joe. Yeah. And and Nori though, Nori hasn't certainly a much uh, harder edge to Yeah. Her. Well, she's it's, had a harder she's from life. LA. Yeah. It's nice to see that, though, because the book, I, I've read, I'm like three-fourths of the way through the book. It's so dark. It's so dark, yeah. That if you're bringing it to, like, primetime television, it, I, I don't know yeah. how you many people would... And the recharge party with all the kids was really fun. Yes. Yeah. That well, was we need episode. Captain Carter to pay him back, because he was such a he was such a, a jerk, you know, mm-hmm. in, the, in the party. You know, hey, freshy, you know, and it's like you have to pay, so it's like, cap him. That's what I always say. <laughs> Cap him, you know. So yeah, so he's recovering. Good. Well, that's good. Maybe he's learned his lesson. I hope so. Yeah, yeah that's what happens to bullies. Now, I have a, I have a, I have a dome-related question. So, Nori is not related to any of the other three. Right? I told you. I, well, I'm just, I'm, but I'm just saying. So I'm she, feeling very vindicated so right now. She because for a second we were like, what's tying the three of them together? Oh my God, is Nori somehow their sister? Which is a huge leap, I know. But did the dome come down because Nori entered the proximity of the other three keys to the mini dome? <sighs> Neil. <laughs> He's just holding one hand up, looking like helpless. For those of you who can't see, because you're listening, yeah, yeah. I'm just. It's that's that remains to be seen. But I can tell you that they all are people of good hearts. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah, because everything that Junior has done, even when it's wrong, has been for a good reason. Yes. And he's a little crazy, you know, because his mother committed suicide. He was lied to. Yeah. Tough. Well, he's also, whatever his mother had, um, you know, uh, he has too. Right. Yeah. Right. So he's dealing with that. And dealing with that plus having Big Jim for a father is pretty screwed hard. up. Yeah. It's a hard life. Yeah. And I said this last episode, but I feel that I feel that Junior does things where he's a little bit kinder about what he does. He means well, whereas Big Jim, you know, Big Jim, it's like he doesn't think you just okay I'm going to reach out but no you just stay drowning I don't really think Junior would do that I don't either no versus in terms of their methodology you know Junior is very impulsive Big Jim is more methodical but it's it's interesting you bring that up because in the last episode of the season Junior will have to make some decisions oh no (sighs) (laughs) 
I don't I don't want to see what happens when Junior's at the wheel. Junior doesn't always make the best choices. I know, I know, I'm, I know what you mean. I'm worried about his future. He's dropping yeah. out of college, Neil. Well, he can't go to college because it's outside the dome. I know, but the dome will come down eventually. In Maybe. 15 years, I said. Okay. Because ER lasted 15, SVU is on year 15, so. Okay. I'm gonna be, have a death it's to... like being stuck on the island for <laughs> yeah. lost. Yeah. They're just going right. to be there for a while. Okay, so we now know that the nuclear half life of a dome is 15 years. That's right. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, so th- they touch the dome. Yes. And the pink stars fall in lines. And it's. Yeah. Uh, it's constellations. Constellations. Which, I, I mean, I don't know about you, Jackie, but that immediately took. Took it to okay, so the dome is from space. Yeah, that's what I that's what I gathered. The, I, it's because it, we were debating: is it supernatural or is it you know more of a harder edge science fiction thing? I, I'm pretty sure it's either from space or it's from Earth, and it has something to do with space. It's good, yeah. It's good. But also, you know, because I love puzzles so much, the constellations that. Um, emerge or are ejected from the egg, you know, will play a significant role in the next episode, leading our character, leading our four mm-hmm. youthful characters to something really extraordinary and hor- horrifyingly scary. Oh man! So you're saying that they initiate the storm? Is what you're saying? I'm saying that uh, they that. I'm not saying that they initiate the storm. I'm saying that the constellations will be a key clue in taking them to the next step of understanding the dome, the big dome. All right. Well, then I would like to take us from discussion of the episode into more of a general discussion. And I'd like to start with with sort of the genesis of the show. Now, I know it uh, originally was being developed at Showtime. Right, for two years. For two years before uh, it was decided that it might work better on CBS. Right. How much did the tone change? Not at all. Not at all. No, the the script changed some in terms of um, things you can do on cable, like how far the sex scene between Angie and Junior could go. Right. You know, on cable versus broadcast network. But, um, the the show changed a bit in terms of the last act, but and 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 but not much. Um, it was still as intense. There was still the cow was in the original, mm-hmm. and um, the uh, the darkness, the edge, um, maybe less drug use mm-hmm. was you know because there's a lot of drug use in the in book. the book, yeah. And so um, there was in the uh, in the original version, but not in this version, okay. except for the propane and all of that. Now this is what's see. We were speculating that the sh- the show on Showtime would have been even darker, and I think that's because I again I, I've read part a big chunk of the book, and the book is so dark. Mm-hmm. And was it so? It was, it was always in, intended to bring in kind of a lighter edge. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the there uh, the original was not darker. It's the same. It really is pretty much the same. It's the, you know there were new scenes added for. For um, the uh, for the our first episode, the the Showtime episode actually went further in the Barbie Julia relationship and stuff in 
in the original version than in the version that's now, which I think works better for us with broadcast that it's been drawn out. Yeah. Um, they didn't, you know, I think in the original version, they kind of slept together in the first episode. Okay. In ours, they slept together in the six dates you don't remember you don't remember how much we were just like come the rain, on already the rain, I like the them rain so fell. much that I'm like the third, rain first. fell the yeah. rain the kiss in the rain yeah, yeah. So, I remember that so romantic, romantic. oh yeah. I love that yeah that's yeah. fun now when you're developing a show like this from the book. There's obviously a lot of differences, and we know that... There's a lot of differences. Yeah, yeah. in order to maintain a, a series over several years, the end game is obviously very, very different, Right. Um, and we're not going to see it for some time. The way we've been doing it on the show is Jackie's reading the book. I'm not reading the book so that I can be fresh like some right. of the audience. Um, how did you decide what changes to make in terms of your cast. Uh, obviously, Angie dies early on in the right. book. And Rose right. is still alive right. in the book. Right. You know, and Stephen was really supportive of this, is that the the book is the is a format for the show. So this phenomenal idea of uh, an invisible dome inexplicably coming down on an all-American town, trapping people inside with no, no hope of getting out or no one getting in, and hence all of our secrets bubble to the surface is really captivating and hadn't been done. Yeah. And so um, that is the, you know, the diving board for the series. And then we took all these these main characters like Julia and Barbie and Big Jim and, you know, finesse them so that Big Jim is maybe darker than he is in the book and Barbie is not as dark in some ways as more heroic. But um, we really tried to use that format and then because it is serialized over, we hope, a number of years, we had to depart from the book because the book is only seven days. And so we're already on day 13. So with Stephen's blessing, he said, you know, just use what you want and, you know, go with it. And so there's no mini dome in the book and there's no egg and all of that. But 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 we like it because we still can, you know, be inspired by Stephen's work and his characters and we, we draw on them and, and um, he's going to write the first episode so it's it's kind of cool because even though we did the book and we're not following the book slavishly he's going to write the first episode that sets us off on a on a new course for episode for season two so he's very much involved and he wrote a really nice letter that was in entertainment weekly saying to his fans you know we could have slavishly adapted the book but then you wouldn't be surprised yeah. So we want to also give you surprises too, but we also want to give you that great experience of what the town was like and what people were going through and the food riots and the water and all of that. So, so we have sort of an amalgamation of everything and it gives us the freedom though to, you know, bring on a character like Max or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's what I like too. I like that it's different from the book because now that I'm almost done with the book, I'm like, oh, I can still be surprised. I don't have to, um, see what happens exactly. And it's not like, when you have something like Game of Thrones, where it's a series that's ongoing, that's okay. You know, you have like eight books or something. This book is finite, so S seven books. Only five have been released. Just saying. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, that's okay. I'm like Joe. I like details. Right. Yeah. Um. So my next question was you. Um, so you've done a lot of um, medical. Th you have a medical background. Um, you're an MD. You did ER while going to med school. I just learned today. Right. Um, and you still practice a little bit. Yes. Yep. 
And then um, you did Law and Order, A Gifted Man, and a lot of these are like crime themed as well. Um, how does Under the Dome? Under the Dome is now has kind of like a sci-fi right. element. How does that differ from what you've done in the past? Well, Under the Dome is most closely like ER. So, yeah. and, and I, you know, ER was just so fantastic to work on from the beginning. It was just such a great ride because ER was serialized through the characters. So it was like what were George and Juliana, Carol and Doug, you know, what was going to happen with them and all of the stuff. So we had, you know, great medical stories and characters coming in and out, but it was always about those main doctor characters, you know, Mark Green and, and uh, Noah Wiley's character, John Carter and Sherry's character, Susan Lewis. So it was, it was really sort of this great mixture of solving a medical mystery every week and continuing the story of these characters. So Under the Dome is the story of these characters and their secrets emerging and following um, this mystery that's unfolding. And so it's a, you know, in a, each episode we sort of have something that happens, like it could be a manhunt or a fire or an outbreak or a water crisis. So we solve that in an episode, but we then push our characters further along. So it's in that way, I guess, most like most like ER. It's not really a procedural, but it has procedural elements because every week we're going to like unfold some new mystery, but answer some things too. Yeah, and it's. I, I just thought about this too. And where ER is stuck to a finite location, this is kind of. I, yeah, I love being outside so much in, in <laughs> North Carolina. It's great because it just doesn't. It looks like it could be any place in America, but it just it just it gives us a. We actually shoot in three three places. So mm-hmm. we have the water in Southport. We have a real small town in Bergaw, North Carolina, with the town square, and that's where you see all that. And then we have Wilmington, North Carolina. Great. That's awesome. This is kind of a broader question, but you've been working in television for so many years. What do you love most about storytelling, and what, what keeps you coming back? Well, I guess it's just sort of inherent in me, like I – you know, I'm asked, like, well, do you write for the audience? And I never really do write for yeah. the audience. I write for myself and the writers in the room. So we've got a, a room of writers, and we all tell each other stories. And as we tell stories, we draw on our own lives. So there's a lot. Like when I was a kid, I used to collect caterpillars. And I love for them to watch them make cocoons. And then I was always so fascinated about how they could metamorphose into a butterfly. Like, what was it that made that happen? And so I see that almost subconsciously, I don't know why I put the tattoo on Angie's shoulder at the beginning of the season because I didn't know about the caterpillar until later on in the writer's room and I pitched that and it was like I was selling the other writers I'm like oh no no come with me follow me you know so it's like really fun because you're telling stories and then you kind of reflect on it and you say wow that's kind of like about my life where you pull in movies or things you've seen like I was talking about before um, and you can draw on all these crazy things, and, and it's real um, collegial, and there's a camaraderie with the writers. We have wonderful, wonderful writers with different backgrounds, and they tell a lot about their own lives as, they, as they're as they telling stories or as we're pitching out how to do things. And so that's really just, it's about, you know, kind of, kind of deepening your your own exploration of of your life and where you are and it helped me it helps me um kind of deal with my own life in a way and 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 uh i think it's very metaphoric for for my life and so in 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 many ways that this this show so so it's it's really like it's it's i guess what i'm saying is it's really good therapy it's really good therapy (laughs) that is good though (laughs) so on that note if you so 
there are if you, if you're all telling stories about your lives, are there characters that you, you think specifically correlate to certain people's experiences? Oh, absolutely. So some writers really like love writing, you know, Barbie or Julia or Angie or Junior, and you know, it's like who you whomever you gravitate to, you're going to write for. And so it's really cool that we have this group of writers and they have different, you know, loves that, that, you know, different, different people that they really, you know, like writing for. And so that everybody gets, you know, written. So you'll, you know, maybe we don't have Phil as much, but you'll see Phil again coming up. And, you know, we love Phil. Yeah. Yeah. Phil's fun. He wears like great clothes. He does wear great clothes. Clothes you would never dare to wear yourself. It's true. They look great on him. Yeah. We want Phil and Dodie to get together already. Yes. We're big well, fans of the Phil and Dodie relationship. I know when they were dancing, wasn't that? Yeah, because like, yeah. we hadn't even considered it, but then and then we did, and we were like, what? the way that they played it, there was just so I much tenderness. I listened to that song when I was a little boy. I love that yeah. song, "The Aww. End of the World." I can remember mm-hmm. it's like, see, it's like that's where you like go. Okay, I love that song, so we're gonna have that song. And then you know, it was really gratifying as when that episode aired, people went on YouTube and they looked up Skeeter Davis, and then I looked at the Skeeter Davis site on YouTube where she sings End of the World and people said the dome brought me here the dome brought me here the dome that's brought me here. awesome I was like wow and they like got to know Skeeter Davis who was probably one of the early more influential country western sort of um, singers very influential on later uh, women and so it was like women uh, country well, western singers so it was, it was really interesting to see that people like kind of discovered her so it's like okay what that's other awesome. songs can I like mm-hmm. put in next year yeah, and even younger people too. One of the things, one of the most pleasant surprises in doing this after show is how many younger viewers we have. We do. We have a lot, which I wasn't expecting. I don't they know. Love I think of, they love Joe. They love Colin. They love Joe. Colin has like, yeah, and I'm so happy. I keep tweeting for Colin, you <laughs> oh, know, yeah. but it's great because he's a really he's a, he's only. I think he may have just turned seventeen. He's only sixteen years oh old. Oh my god! So it's like, and 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 Mackenzie's seventeen, I think, mm-hmm. and then and Alex and and Brett are in their early twenties. So it's just amazing that we have this. You know, that's a little bit unusual for CBS to have CBS's core audience is an, a bit older audience, and so I think they're really happy about that too because we love having. You know, I, I know I have a friend who has a daughter who's fifteen, and she's just like makes her mother watch it with her. And it's like, yes, I like that. And my son, I let my son's in college, but I let him watch them all before they air and he like gives me notes. <laughs> like, thank you. Studio the network do that too. But it's fun because he's really into it as well. So we're we're really gratified that it has a broad audience. Yeah. How long and I know you want them to last as long as possible because we want to have the show on as long as possible. But resources eventually have to give out uh, or at least we're going to revert to farming and sure. we'll have water and food sure. that comes from the land but how realistically how much longer can these supplies hold out he said 15 years i know <laughs> i don't know that the, the the supplies can last that long but you know i just don't know we'll have to see what happens and if anybody can ever escape or if the, yeah. anyone finds a way or if the military bombs it again and finds a way out there's all kinds of Possibilities. That's one of the most interesting things to me because when the uh, when the dome shifted the magnetic poles of the Earth, right? a little bit, yeah, yeah. Are we going to ever see? And I know I keep asking questions that you can't answer, <laughs> and that's and that's on me. But these are just this is what's on my mind. It's what I'm what's on my mind, Neil. I'm so curious about the effects that the dome is having on the rest of the planet. And I right. know that right. the show is under the dome. It's right. not world with a right. dome on Around it. Around the dome. <laughs> right. 
Well, we will, you know, again in episode 12, hear about what's going on outside the dome. Yeah. So, you know, so be patient. Okay. I'm patient. <laughs> good. Look at me. This but, I'm, but, but it's good that you're asking that, and, and we have thought about that. And, yes, we will talk about what the world is thinking. Great. Um, I had one more question, and now I can't remember what it was. Okay, Forget speaking that. speaking of, <laughs> uh, of forgetfulness and lost memory, so Dodie touched the mini-dome. <laughs> she did. She touched the mini-dome, she burned her hand, and the dome wanted her to forget. We don't know what the dome's purpose is right. or what it what it wants from us. Right. Um, we've had a lot of discussion about, you know, is the dome testing testing humanity? That was one one idea that we had was... Uh, the Chester's. It, it seems to be a sentient being. Yeah, that it yes. can make these decisions. Yes, it is. It is. It's a sentient being because it it rained. I mean, it, maybe it rained because the sun made the cloud. You know, made the water evaporate. But it rained at the right time. Yeah, yeah. it rained when they needed it. But you know, and maybe Big Alice died to make way for Little Alice for some reason, or not, or maybe Alice really, or maybe um, um, Harriet just imagined seeing her husband coming back, and it was just a sort of a mirage as opposed to if the dome made it happen. But next week we'll see okay. what the dome can or can't do. Yeah. But we do get into this really deeply by the end. It's like, what what is its purpose? And and I think we're, we give you, you know, we give you something to chew on. Do you have a dream ending for the show? We actually have an ending and we have said this in in interviews that is different from the book. Yeah. So that if you've read the book and you think that you know how the show would end if it ended, but that's not true. Okay. So we do have an ending and we know how it ends whenever we need to end it. Is there is there a show without the dome? A show without the dome? Is there like, is, is, is that would be like the Andy Griffith show because it's kind of like near where Mayberry really is yeah. in North Carolina. So I guess it would be like it would become the Andy Griffith show. I don't know, no but dome. it just if the dome came down, it achieved. <laughs> Maybe Ron Howard would like do a cameo. <laughs> that would be yeah. cool. So cool. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah, um, I'm just saying, if the dome achieved whatever it wanted to achieve, but its presence somehow was still on the planet. I don't know. I've been, that's not necessarily the show that you want to right. make, but I've th- but I've thought about it because once the uh, if the dome can communicate with us, it is a sentient being. It is chosen potentially to take the shape of a dome. Right. So maybe if it took the shape of a pyramid or a square or I don't know. or you know a being. Well, it's a you know I see this as a parable for our times. It's like we all live under this big biodome. Yeah. You know, and we're facing. You know, uh, sustainability issues and, you know, fuel crises and things like that and burning fuel and, and causing global warming. So without banging our viewers on the head, this is like a more intensified version of that. That if, if, if you imagine that a dome came down, you have to grapple with those issues, issues right away. You know, you can't just push them off as we tend to do as human beings. Right. So that's why we like this dome too, because it allows us to tell stories. It's instant stakes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I think we're pressed for time. Okay. Yes. Well, uh, Neil, I want to thank you so sure, much for you. joining thank us. Thank you so it's much. Pleasure. It's been a real, real pleasure. And um, we always 
Um, I mean, we know how many different projects you're involved in, but I know you write books too. Is there anything I else do. you would like to sure. let people know about before sure. we go? Sure. So I have a book, a novel that came out last year called Kill Switch, which is on Amazon. It's in bookstores too. And uh, the next one's called Kill Again. And it's coming out next June. It's about a forensic psychiatrist in training. And then I have a documentary film, a feature film that's coming out in January, and it will be out around the country called If You Build It. And it was shot in North Carolina. And it's shot in a a porous county in North Carolina where high school juniors learn how to design solutions for their town, and they end up building this beautiful farmer's market. So it's going to be out um, around January, February of this year. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Thanks. Thank you. Um, we're just going to move into a quick bout of speculation, and you can you can <laughs> you can join or not join. Yeah, as you would. And now you're after Buzz TV predictions. So our exclusive is that Julia's going to be shot, probably by Maxine. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which yeah. makes me feel terrible because she's my favorite character. Maxine or Julia? Julia. Oh, okay. Ew, not Maxine. Yeah. She's, well, she's my favorite villain. I should say Maxine is my favorite she's villain. She's my favorite character. No, she's not. My favorite character is Ben, because I think he deserves the world. He but, so goofy. So we've, we've, <laughs> so we've got this storm. We've got this storm coming. The dome has been made angry somehow. And I'm wondering if that's connected at all to Dodie touching it. Probably. Or if the, if the kids start telling people again. Because the dome did not want them to tell people. I think it's more because it seemed very upset that Dodie touched Neil it. is just slyly, <laughs> slyly shaking his head. He's like, you guys have no idea what's coming. But they, but the dome, you're right, the dome is angry for yeah. a reason, but it has more to do with our four Okay. Characters. Oh. I'm wondering if there's some discord sown between Those our four. Those kids should stop making the dome angry. And maybe Nori and Joe better slow down what they're up to. And they better stop stop making out for a second and start talking about the future of their relationship. Uh, because, oh man, Joe pisses off Nori somehow in a big way. And now that they've all touched the dome, the dome is fully activated. And that means big, big consequences. And now everyone's going to know about it. Okay, I'm I'm getting. I may have taken one or two steps too far there, but I think I'm close. Um, Jackie, anything else? No, that was it. Okay, um, Jackie, where can the people find you? At one two three Jackie underscore B on Twitter. On Instagram, it's no underscore. Uh, Neil, can the people find you on Twitter? Sure, it's just Neil Bear. All right, at Neil Bear. And you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can also find me here on AfterBuzz TV on the Breaking Bad and Low Winter Sun after shows. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much again to Neil sure. for joining Thank us. You. It's been a real, real pleasure. Thanks. Thanks for answering some of our burning questions. Sure. <laughs> Only three episodes to go. Please come back next week. We're going to have a great discussion for you. Thanks so much. Thank you. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. 